Hi, I'm Holly, your host of the Crush the Rush podcast. I work full-time and run a full-time coaching business. I started my first coaching business when my twins were 18 months old, and I was excited to start something I was passionate about, but overwhelmed with how to make progress in such small pockets of time. The methods of working three to four hours a day in blocks of time didn't work, quite frankly, because I didn't have it. So my mission is to share how you can put together your own side hustle strategy and plan that works for you without giving up your goals and still focusing on your priorities. I can't wait to help you grow your business and more importantly, enjoy that well-deserved time off. Let's get to the show. You are listening to episode 45 of the Crush the Rush podcast, and today we're digging into a topic that a lot of you like to ignore, and that is the financial steps to create a legit business, as in I am bringing you a small business CFO who's going to walk you through the five steps that you can take right now to make sure that your business is legit. Today, I'm bringing you my friend Dawn Patton, who is what she calls herself a small business CFO. She's obsessed with ice cream, which we chat about at the beginning, and loves helping you grow your business by focusing on bookkeeping, payroll, entity formation, and taxes. But even more importantly, she's on a mission to empower entrepreneurs by teaching you how and the why behind all things financial. And I love her motto because she says it's never too late to learn and financial confidence is the key to being a successful CEO. So you are definitely going to want to grab a pen and paper for this episode. I took at least two pages of notes. So let's dig in. Hey, Dawn, welcome to the Crush the Rush podcast. How are you today? Good. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you on today's episode, mainly because I feel like finance and small business finance and accounting is something that no one likes to talk about, but it is such an important step. And I love how you've broken it down in something that everyone can apply. Um, So why don't you introduce yourself to my listeners and tell us a little bit about you? Yes, of course. So I am... I'm a small business accountant. I'm a small business CFO, and I am obsessed with ice cream. I just have to throw that out there. (laughs) I love ice cream too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, milkshakes all the time, ice cream and brownies. That's me. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I help entrepreneurs with their bookkeeping, payroll, entity formation, taxes, kind of everything in between. Um, And I just, I, Try, I'm trying to build a firm that's a bit different because even though I do all the things, I'm also here to teach all the things as well. I believe it's never too late to learn and financial confidence is key to a successful CEO. That's why I'm here to help empower entrepreneurs. I love that. And I, we were talking before this, like even with having a business background, I think this is a topic that is not super glamorous, but something that is so helpful. And so we wanted to dive in today with five steps that you very clearly outlined on how to legit start a business. Like you're open for business, you're bringing in money. This is what you should do. So I'm going to just hand it over and let you dig right in. And then I'm going to be a student and ask questions as we go. Perfect. 
Okay, well, let me just first outline the five things. That way your listeners kind of know the direction we're headed in. Um, And then we'll deep dive into each of the topics. So the five steps first is selecting a business name and doing the appropriate research on a name. Then it's selecting your entity type. Then it's business registration, setting up a bank account, and finally getting your accounting and payment system set up. That's awesome. So if you haven't already, grab a piece of paper and a pen because you're going to want to write some of this down. So let's dive into business name and why it's important. Yeah. So, I mean, every, I mean, I think that's one of the things that people get stuck on actually in opening up a business is selecting the right business name. So I think the listeners understand why it's important to have a good business name that you're branding. But as far as the legalities of the business name, there are a few steps that you'll have to do. And first is going to your secretary of state website and doing a business entity search to see if that name is even available in your state. After you find out that you that it is available, which hopefully it is, you'll also want to do a trademark search because ideally you have a business and it will grow and you'll want it to be open for trademark. So doing a trademark search, you can do that by yourself or talk to a trademark attorney and they can help you with the search. Um, Yes, both of those things are very important to picking out your business name. Now, a lot of times I get asked, should I name my business my name or should I name it like Crush the Rush as an example? That's not the name of my business, but do you know what I mean? Like, should it be your name or an actual business name? Do you have suggestions? I think it depends on your business. If you are the brand, for instance, Like I am the accountant behind my brand. So I called it patent accounting and tax because it's me doing the accounting and tax. So it makes sense. I am branding myself and my knowledge. However, I've been growing um, recently, which is good and super exciting. And I'm bringing on more accountants. And so I decided I'm actually going to be changing my name since I'm creating this boutique firm instead of just branding myself. So I think it depends what direction you're going. Are you branding yourself or are you branding a business? Yeah, I think that's good advice. Um, Okay, step number two is select an entity type. Can you talk about what you mean by that and what the different types are? Yes, so um, selecting an entity type can be anything from being a sole proprietor, a partnership, being a corporation or an S-corp, um, or an LLC. And I'll just briefly go through entity types and what they mean, but sole proprietorship is basically just you are your business. Um, there's no legal protection. It's all under you and your personal assets and liabilities. Um, and for tax purposes, it will be added to your personal tax return. You just have this extra thing. It's called a Schedule C that's added to your tax return. Um, and you will be personally taxed on your net income from the business. So after you take into consideration income and expenses, you'll be taxed on that net amount. As an LLC, you have legal protection. And I, I'm one of the per- people who always recommend getting an LLC. Um, unless it's a super side hustle, like a hobby, 
maybe you're just selling a few downloadable things on Etsy, or you just, um, I don't know, maybe you have a couple big goods that you sell out of your house here and there. But even then, I would think you'd want that protection in case something were to happen. So I'm a big believer of getting an LLC started from the get-go. It does not change anything from a tax perspective. And I think that's a big misconception in entrepreneurs. Becoming an LLC doesn't have any tax effect, but it does give you legal protection. And when I say legal protection, I mean you are recognizing that your business is separate from your personal finances. And so if anything were to happen in your business, if you were sued, if you declared bankruptcy, something like that, it's separate from your personal finances. They can't come after your car, your house, or anything like that. Yeah, I think that's super helpful. I think most business owners that I talk to are LLCs. Yeah, that's good. That's smart. (laughs) Um, And then the other thing that I want to talk about when it comes to selecting an entity type is an S corporation. Because I am part of uh, quite a few Facebook groups. And I feel like there's always bad advice given when it comes to S-Corp. So let me just clear the air here. An S-Corporation can save you money on taxes, but only if your net income is above, and I would say at least $10,000 above what a reasonable salary is to you. Because as an S-Corp, you now have to put yourself on payroll. So you have to have decent cash flow in order to continuously pay yourself a salary. You're also paying for a payroll subscription. You're paying for a separate tax return. So you do have extra expenses. Um, And the tax savings comes usually around 60 to 70,000 net annual net income. Um, And if you're at that point or close to that point, talk to an accountant. Let them create a personalized plan for you. But no, doing an S-Corp in and of itself does not just automatically save you money on taxes. Yeah. So I think for our listeners, I would probably say research an LLC. Would that be a correct assumption? Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Step number three is business registration. What is that and what does that look like? Yes. So now that you have your name, now that you figured out what type of entity you're going to be, now you get to actually file paperwork and register your business. And what you'll do is a lot of times you can actually do this yourself. However, if you have a more complicated business or you just want peace of mind, you can't put a price tag on peace of mind. So pay an expert to help you do it. Um, And you'll file with the state, you'll file your business with the state, and then you'll request an EIN from the IRS. And when it comes to business registration, depending on your state, depending what you're selling, you may need to file for different licenses and permits. But your state typically um, will help you through this process of determining what permits and licenses you need. But yeah, when I say business registration, I just mean now you're actually doing the paperwork. Yeah. And I would say, so I'm in Ohio. And when I did mm-hmm. filed my LLC, the state had a really sort of 
easy walkthrough that I was able to just do it on their website. I answered all these questions. They told me what forms I needed to fill out. And then I just like printed them out and, and filled them in. So yeah, it probably depends on what type of business you have, but I know at least for Ohio and for selling sort of like online services, it was, it was pretty easy. It seemed more intimidating than it really actually yes. Yeah. And I think a lot of states are moving in that direction. So I'm glad to hear that Ohio has it like that. I know Utah and Idaho have very um, like similar processes where they kind of help you through the process. It's just you answer these questions, you do this step and this next step. But there are some states, California and New York being some of them, that get a little bit more complicated. Yes, I I used to work in payroll a long time ago and California was the state that had all the special rules. But all right, so let's pretend that you've gotten through your business registration. Let's chat about um, a bank account then, which is step four, and then an accounting and payments system, which is step five. Yes, so the bank account, now that your business is all registered, you're going to want to get set up to be taking payments, um, making expenses, things like that. And so having a separate bank account is uh, the next big step. Um, So do your homework, research bank accounts and their fees. There are some banks that charge more fees for business bank accounts, whereas there are some that are online banks that have no fees for businesses. Um, I know one of those is Aslo Bank, and I've heard really good things about them. I don't personally use them, but I have many clients who do, um, and they have a good interface system. It's no hidden fees, free checking, free savings for small businesses. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's really great. Um, and the reason you're going to want to have a separate business bank account is just to keep everything super clear. You know where your income is being deposited to. You know where your expenses are coming out of. You're not commingling it with your personal funds, um, which is a really big, a really big mistake for anyone who is an LLC, because as an LLC, you're saying my business and my personal finances are separate. But if you're not treating it separate, then that LLC actually goes out the window. So make sure you have a separate business bank account. That's awesome. Hey there. So I wanted to pop in really quick because I know running a business is hard and I know running a business on a limited schedule is even harder, which is why the whole crush the rush method is based on three concepts. One, you have to have a strategy so that when you are working, you're working on the right things. Two, you have to have systems so that you can save time and you can automate and duplicate where necessary. And three, you really need to know what you're doing on social media so that you're not spending all day scrolling. And after years of burnout and spinning my wheels, I have put together this method and I'm so excited to talk to you about the brand new Crush the Rush 
playbook. If you have goals that you want to meet, you feel overwhelmed because your list is too long and you really want to push harder, but you're not sure where to start, this is for you. We are going to define your strategy, come up with what you should be working on and when you should be working on it, create systems for automation and duplication so that you can save time and that your business can actually grow while you're sleeping. It does happen. And then three, we're going to really focus in on planning your social media and planning your content strategy so that you know exactly what to do and what when. I can't wait to tell you guys more about the Crush the Rush playbook. But in the meantime, you're going to want to get on the wait list because it's launching soon. And if you're on the wait list, you get a lot of free bonuses and you're going to be able to save over $200. So grab the wait list. The link is in the show notes and I can't wait to tell you more. So this is real life happening right now. We're demoing our bathroom and I'm hiding in the basement and it is so loud. So I'm hoping that you can all hear us. Um, But after you set up a bank account, the next step is an accounting and payment system. So can you walk through what that looks like? And then I'd love to know um, maybe like what apps or software that you use to kind of help get started with all of that. Yeah, Um, there are a lot of options for both the accounting and payment system. Um, I personally, I love QuickBooks Online. And I think it's a great system for entrepreneurs who are planning to grow and outsource the bookkeeping soon. Because it is a cloud-based accounting system. Most accountants are familiar with QuickBooks Online. So it's a great system to use. Um, However, if you're just starting out, you're not sure where you know, your business is headed or where your business is going, you can start out small. And I'm, I recognize that there are different phases to every business. And when you first start out, it is a lot of DIYing. So part of that DIY might look like just having a spreadsheet for starters. And then it might look like using an app such as Wave, which is a free accounting system. Um, and then maybe hey, what that is in it's wave like w-a-v-e yeah yeah okay sorry I'm literally taking notes because I have a spreadsheet I'm like I need to <laughs> level my game here yeah I wave is really good it's almost like a free downgraded version of QuickBooks online and what it does is it automatically connects to your bank account to download all of your transactions And then you get to go in and you just get to say, this was sales or this was a marketing expense. This is to pay my business coach. And you're kind of just marking what those expenses were for. And then it has a report tool where you can just click and look at your profit and loss, look at how much you earned. And so I think it's really great, Um, especially, I mean, you're, you're in a place in your business where your time is valuable. And sitting down to a spreadsheet and writing down all the expenses and the dates and who you paid and what it was for, it gets really cumbersome. And you're, I mean, your time is more valuable than that. So using an app um, can help save that time. And it's not like money meetings are fun times anyway, for the most part. So it helps it be less intimidating. 
Yeah, I would say right now the money meetings are with my husband and I, and we literally go through a spreadsheet. So I'm I'm excited about this app. Um, are there recommendations you have for um, invoicing or taking payments? So I know I use um, a, a website called Kajabi, but I also yeah. use um, PayPal, which is free. It's a free business invoicing system, which was really easy to set up. Do you have other um, suggestions of ways to take payment? Yeah, there are, like I said, there's so many. Um, I don't personally have a preference. I think it's up to the business owner and kind of their business model. But I use, well, if you're on QuickBooks, they QuickBooks has an invoicing system and you can just use their payment processor. So it's an all-in-one accounting and payment processor system, which is great. Um, I know Wave has an invoicing system as well. I think it connects to PayPal or Stripe. And then obviously you can use PayPal or Stripe. Yeah. And just for those of you that are trying to figure this out from a sort of backend perspective, PayPal and Stripe can be integrated with your website or you can create your own Mm -hmm. custom link. And I know both of them are free. Obviously you're paying like a credit card fee when somebody pays with credit card. Um, But it's, it's really nice when you get those apps like QuickBook and Wave that have that integrated feature um, as well. Anything else about the accounting and payment system or just the five steps in general? Because I think they are super easy to understand. It makes this sound like a very easy process. Um, Any other tips that you can give? Um, well, I just, I want to help entrepreneurs know that it's not that intimidating process. So I'm glad it sounds simple. Um, as they get into it, just a bit of wisdom. It is harder than we made it sound today because it takes time. Right. Necessarily like take a whole lot of brain power, but it is time consuming and you have to wait for things to be approved. Um, so just keep your head up. Keep going on. You got this. Um, we've all done it. We've all been through it. So don't let this be your hold up to making your dreams happen. Yeah, I love that. And I think kind of going back to sort of my mission is once you get the system set up, even though mine is a spreadsheet system right now, it really does go... Um, a lot smoother. It's not as intimidating as you get in it. I do have yeah. one bonus um, question for you. So when you and I were talking before the podcast started, you had mentioned outsourcing. And I thought this was a really great topic, especially when you're starting to look at your finances and maybe you're growing. Um, and you had mentioned earlier that you had just started outsourcing. So I'd love to know um, maybe your thoughts on when is a good time to outsource what you outsourced as a small business owner and how um, that might be helpful to others to understand. Yeah, well, I had, I mean, I'm an accountant, so this probably doesn't come as a surprise, but I had a spreadsheet all figured out to determine when I could outsource Um, And I took it from a very like financial monetary standpoint. And what I did was I looked at how much money I was making the past couple months, just an average. I divided it by an average time of how much I was working. And I compared that to my hourly rate. 
And I realized that I was spending a lot of time on admin work, which is not billable. Um, and it made my hourly rate go down. And so I decided I would outsource. Um, and I now have three employees. But the first employee I hired, she was actually my sister. And I hired her to be my office manager and to just help with set up workflows, do some of this office work because I could pay her a fair wage, but it was less than my hourly billable rate. And it gave freed up my time to work with more clients, to earn more money and do more of what I love. Like the, the office stuff isn't, it doesn't motivate me. It doesn't drive me. And so I was earning less and like it wasn't burning that fire in my soul, you know? So it really wasn't beneficial to me. Um, and after I made that step to outsourcing to one person, I think it made it a lot easier to outsource for future work. Cause like I said, I hired someone in March and it's now August and I already have three employees. So it really started moving fast once I realized the benefit of having more staff on my team. Yeah. I love that. I love that. It's a mix of metrics and numbers. So it's very factual, but then also allowing you to focus, um, on what you love. And, and I, I, we talked about this example, but the one thing that I have outsourced is my podcast editing and I did do it and I can do it and I learned how to do it, but it's like not my thing. I don't enjoy it. I would so much rather like have more guests or talk more on social media or whatever it is. Um, and so it's, I think it's just an important step to brainstorm about maybe what your outsourcing goals are and then use those financial tips you gave to, to work towards that. So, yeah, thank you so much for sharing. Uh, at the end of each interview, I always ask three fun questions. And the first one is what is your morning routine? Like, so I just switched up my morning routine. Um, and it has been a night and day difference. So now my morning routine. <laughs> I love it. It used to be this very scheduled out morning routine that was so hard for me to follow through because I felt like I was forcing myself to go to the gym, forcing myself to like eat breakfast at a certain time and get ready. But now after listening to a few podcasts, doing some challenges, things like that, I realized it's okay to be flexible in my morning. So I have a very flexible morning routine now. And I really just try to listen to my body and what does my body want this morning? Um, sometimes it does mean going to the gym, but most of the time it means a nice little slow walk, time to quiet my brain, listening to a podcast. It's a very non-structured morning since the rest of my day is so structured. Yeah, I love that. And I think, you know, I ask this question every episode, but it really, everyone's routine is so different. And I think I've said this before, it's okay for it to change. And it's okay for you to really, again, like be in tune with sort of what you need to start your day. And you're like me, your day is very structured. So sometimes it's okay to have that like half hour of just unstructuredness to get you going. Yes. Um, What is one resource that has helped you the most in your journey? outsourcing. I love that. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) Now you have my brain spinning about that. Um, and then the last question is if you could have one superpower, what would it be? 
Um, I love to be able to multiply myself, at least minimum duplicate myself. But if I could have like five of me, that'd be great. Yeah. One could be like the health freak that I really want to be, but don't have time for. One can be working. One can be relaxing on a beach somewhere. I mean, it'd be great. Sounds amazing. So, well, thank you so much, Don. This was really, really helpful. And I know I have a page of notes and I'm going to go grab that wave app after we <laughs> chat. Um, why don't you tell the listeners what you're up to and where they can find you? Of course. Yes. Um, my favorite place to hang out is on Instagram. So come follow me there. It's just underscore Dawn Patton underscore. And then you can always learn more at my website, which is patentaccounting.net. Yeah. And we'll link, um, she has a fun little guide for you guys and, um, I'll link her website in the show notes as well. So thank you so much, Dawn. Of course. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the crush the rush podcast. If this was helpful to you, I'd love it. If you would please leave a review, it is truly what makes this show keep going and keeps the amazing guests possible. Even better, tag me on Instagram stories and let me know what you think. I cannot wait to hear from you. 